Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado, and my main man and co-host, Jabron Curtis. What's going on today, Jibs? It's going great. Uh, I can say I've been better, but here we are. Yes, uh, the week three of fantasy hasn't always been good to me this year, unfortunately. Uh, it was a lot of uh, heartbreaks, unfortunately, and yeah, we're going into week four now, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, a lot of strange people scoring touchdowns. Tony Pollard having a game. This stuff is nonsense. Yeah. But. And we'll get into that today. We have uh, five things, each of us, that we saw from week three. We got waiver wires, and we have a bunch of keep trading and cuts, and we also have the student doc who will be with us shortly going over the Saquon Barkley's injury. But before we get into all of that, um, I just want everyone to know, if you haven't seen our Twitter page, we are actually giving away a free Austin Hooper jersey from Pristine Auction. All you have to do is like the post, follow us, and just tag a friend in the comments below, and you could win. Big announcement coming on Thursday's show. We'll announce it on Twitter. It's been a lot of fun doing it so far. Uh, again, you can find us on Twitter at the coaches at coaches uh, at, at coaches fantasy, and you can find me at Twitter at Coach Stephen P. And Jibs, you can be found at Hot Take Honcho. Uh, we, you know, we hope you guys follow us on there because we have a lot of fun time uh, doing this. But let's get right into it. Jibs, I'll let you go first. What was the first thing you noticed about Week Three? The rise of Danny Dimes <laughs> and the Saquon injury fallout. Oh God. So, like, the Giants were the laughing stock of the NFL during the offseason, but Dave Gettleman is having the last laugh because his questionable six overall pick, Danny Jones, came out to play in Week 3. Even though it took a ferocious 18-point comeback and a missed field goal by the Buccaneers, but Daniel Jones did enough to win the week and advance him, too. Uh, he finished 23 for 36, 336 yards, two touchdowns. He needs to clean up his fumbling. He had two on the day. But he made uh, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram look like great fantasy pieces going forward. The only thing that went wrong with it, of course, is Saquon Barkley having that high ankle sprain, putting him out the four to eight weeks that Adam Shepard reported. Yeah, and that, that's a bit concerning. And We'll definitely talk more about his replacement and the injury in general. Uh, Jibs, are you picking up Daniel Jones now in fantasy? I would think about it, for sure. Especially in a deep league, if you want to like trade away one of your premier quarterbacks, if you want to be that gambler, you still got to see how he's going to produce. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not like they're the 85 Bears, you know? That That is very true. Going into my first take, though, my first take was if you had to draft the running back in the third and fourth rounds, you got to be hitting yourself, hating yourself right now. Sony Michelle with 45 carries on the year, an average of 2.4 yards a carry. It, it looks really bad after having you know nine carries for 11 yards today. Luckily, he saved his season with a a touchdown. Carry on Johnson, another very, very bad performance from him. I mean, he had 20 carries. He gets the opportunity, but he got 36 yards on the day in a touchdown. Basically kept him alive. And Aaron Jones, very poor running today, out out carried by Jamal Williams, but he had two touchdowns for the day. So a lot of these running backs not being very efficient in the running game in general, but they're getting touchdowns. And it's a bit of a headset scratcher way to go from here, and if you should really keep them or you should tr- try to trade them away. For me personally, keep Aaron Jones, trade Sony, 
hold on to carry on if you have if you can't have to but if not i'm looking to trade him personally you took my point that was going to be one of my uh ah. five things from week three i'll just continue on the Lions win, but they continue to disappoint. They beat the Eagles 27-24, but the score wasn't reflected in the fantasy performance of the Detroit Lions. Like you said, Carry on Johnson barely mustered three yards per carry versus Philly. Carry on Johnson, like you said, was saved by that late cool touchdown, but 1.8 carries, I mean 1.8 yards per carry is not getting it done. He did have that 20-plus carries, but that was his career high. And then you'll go to Kenny Galladay. He was a huge disappointment. He finished two for eight on 17 yards. But his counterpart, Marvin Jones, pretty much killed it. He was a no-show for the first two weeks, but he caught six catches on nine targets for 101 yards and a touchdown. So it's very hard to predict. And then don't get me started on the tight ends. They all finished with one catch. TJ Hawkinson almost had two touchdowns, but it's just very, very frustrating for the Lions. Very so, and just a quick update on Monday night's game right now. Uh, Bears just intercepted the ball and returned it for a touchdown. So if you got the Bears defense going tonight, you're off to a great start, guys. Real good start. Getting into I think my I'm playing against you're playing against them. Play. Oof, that's rough. It's real rough. Getting into my next point of the day. If you have a chief player, Chiefs player, you're looking pretty good right now. Patty Holmes is basically a cheat code at this point. 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns on the season. He's literally unstoppable, and he's making everyone look dumb for not drafting him if you didn't in the second or third round, even though he was where he went. But if you didn't get him, you're kicking yourself right now because he's just putting up points. All the wide receivers right now are players you want on your team. Sammy Watkins, the, uh, Demarcus Robinson, Marque- uh, Mikkel Harmon, they all need to be rostered at this point because they're all going to get some kind of performance from this team. Yes, the only one I think it might be the least of the most attractive would be Robinson because if he didn't get that touchdown, he looked kind of kind of lost for the day. But you need to have all these Chiefs players because they're even with the even with the running game average at best. I mean, they still perform. This team, from what he's from what Patty Holmes said, they have chemistry. So get your get your Kansas City players now if you can. I agree. Which I picked up multiple of them. They all performance a roulette, basically. Sammy Watkins had the amazing explosive week one, the Marcus Robinson week two, Nicole Hardman week three. And even if they're not giving you high like output games, they're still producing double digit fantasy points. Like the Marcus Robinson had a poor output receiving, but he got saved with a touchdown. Nicole Hardman had the yards. Sammy Watkins even had some yardage totals for half PPR PPR purposes. So they're all playable. So you got to get them. You really do. Uh, getting into my – actually, no, Jibs, it's your point now, right? Yes, it's your point. Yeah. Minnesota continues to run. The Vikings are 2-1 and one this year, but not thanks to the passing offense. Fantasy owners continue to hold their breath while Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen perform on the field each week. Kirk Cousins has thrown 37 completions on 63 attempts for 502 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Surprisingly, Thielen has 13 targets. Dix has 12 targets out of the whole share. That's 44% of the targets of the whole receiving game. Diggs is a very disappointment right now because he hasn't been able to score or put up decent yardage consistently, while Dillon has three touchdowns during this man. I also want to note that Minnesota's new rushing attacks has made Kirk Cousins a low-volume quarterback. He's averaging 16 
attempts per game at home this year, which is very concerning. Yes, uh, and, and actually, Stefan Dick was actually one of my hot takes as well this uh, this day. It, it is very concerning, as you said. I'm looking to get rid of Stefan Diggs right now because I don't expect this to get better on, on the season. They're going to run the ball. They're actually the number one rushing team uh, percentage-wise. You know, per rushing plays, they play, they use a game. And, you know, that means if they're number one in rushing, they're literally 32nd in uh, passing plays done. So you know that that's not going to stick. It's not like he's just having a bad start of the season. It's like the passing game is just not there, and they're not throwing the ball enough to keep him, you know, relevant. So if I'm, I'm looking to get rid of Stefan Diggs because after another poor, form, poor performance this week, he's definitely a red flag right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of him, but I'm not getting any bites on my fishing rod. Uh, I know. I haven't even started doing that yet. That's tomorrow's job. But. So for my third take, I'm just going to go with actually good wide receivers. I'm going to talk about the wide receiver dominance from this week. There was two wide receivers, if you haven't known, with explosive games this week. And that was Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. Keenan Allen is currently the number one wide receiver in fantasy. He's finished with 13 catches for 183 yards and two touchdowns. But then uh, Mike Evans said, hold my beer against the Giants defense and went for eight catches of 190 yards on three touchdowns. These explosive outputs probably saved a lot of fantasy owners. I definitely had nothing going for me and my one team, but Keenan Allen saved the day. Mike Evans tried to save the day for one of my teams, but still the the span was too much for me to come back. But as you know, as everyone knows, Mike Evans has been a disappointment for fantasy owners the first two weeks. And for all the patient fantasy owners that did not sell him or didn't get him bought low on him, He's finally paying off for that round two price tag, if you ask me. Yeah, to be honest, I like both these players from this past weekend. To be honest, I'm looking to trade Mike Evans right now, if you guys can, on the high note. Just because, yes, he performed crazy, and why would you trade him? But he has some very tough matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks. He gets the Rams, New Orleans. He gets, he gets the Panthers once again. Then they're on a bye. Then they have... Uh, they had the Titans in Seattle. Pretty tough matchups. Yes, they have a really good matchup against the Cardinals, but then again, they go back to playing New Orleans, Jacksonville at some point. They have a pretty tough matchup going forward, and if you can get gold for Mike Evans right now, uh, I'm pulling the trigger. I like that take. I like yeah. take. But going into my third, my full fourth at this point, fourth uh, take, Seattle's turning from their running game to a passing game. Last year, they were number one in rushing and rushing yards, rushing passing, all the above. And now they're number one, basically. And they've been not number one, but they've been very high right now as a passing team. Russell Wilson has 900 yards and seven touchdowns on the season. He's looking really good after a lot of people kind of rid him off this year after a very out, outrageous ratio of throwing 20 passes and getting three touchdowns. Well, he's not doing that this year. He's he's killing it this year, throwing the ball every which way. Tyrell Lockett is benefiting it from benefiting it from like crazy with two uh, 22 receptions 277 yards to begin the year and two touchdowns uh Metcalf is looking really nice to begin the season with you know two nine care nine catches for 217 and one Will Disley is a kind of a breakout from last year breakout with 12 ca- 12 catches 124 yards and three touchdowns it's looking really nice for him this season and if he's out there as a tight end you might want to pick him up now and 
maybe get him over like a Jarrett Cook right now who's not performing very well. And, and, you know, with the passing game doing so well, the running game is hurting. Penny's out. Chris Carson is fumbling for the fourth time now in three games. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. And it's not looking good, but the passing game does look good. And they get the Arizona Cardinals next week, so start your Seattle Seahawks now if you can. Yeah, that game has a shootout written all over it. For, for sure. What's your next take there, Jibs? My next and last take, because we had two ones, two of the same kind, yes. is Lamar Jackson versus Pat Mahomes is going to be the Brady and Manning of this generation. Ooh, tell us more. But, but I just want to highlight on Lamar Jackson primarily. <laughs> so Lamar Jackson played a decent game not of like his ilk between like the first and second week of the season. He had very subpar production during the first three quarters of the game, thanks to Mark Ingram's three touchdowns. But he still mustered up 21 fantasy points without throwing a passing touchdown, even though he did rush for a touchdown. I just like want to highlight his floor, thinking like even though Mark Ingram had those touchdowns, you could still expect Lamar Jackson to have great outputs throughout the fantasy season. Oh, that's a great take from Lamar Jackson. It's definitely improved from last year, so it's, it's good to see that. My final take is Darren Waller is a tight oh, end yes. one rest of the season now at this point. I mean, he, he was someone who was a basically no name. You couldn't find him anywhere on Google like three months ago. He talked about hype all off season. If you were able to get him in your drafts or pick him up week one of free agency, he is insane 13 catches 134 yards and a touchdown like he is insane like for me he's taking over Jared Cook's role and Jared Cook was really good last year and he I think even he's even a better player now Darren Waller than Jared Cook was last year so I'm expecting big things moving forward from him and he's definitely sneaky enough to be a top five tight end by the end of the season by far you might even see that. He could be top three if the sky's the limit for that guy, especially with David Carr just peppering with targets, short checkdowns and all that good stuff. No, Jim, that was a really great take. Now we have our special guest on here again today, guys. Edwin, the student doc, the best student doc around. He's here. The only talk one around. The only one around, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome people. to the show again there. The too. Yeah, no, welcome to the show again. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, just let just let everyone know where they can find you at there, Edwin, real quick before we get in it. Yeah, Central Hub for me. All my stuff is always uh, on Twitter at FFStudentDoc. Feel free to follow me there. Uh, Edwin's going to come and talk about the Saquon Barkley news, and he's going to talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs running games uh, injuries. So Edwin will let you just go off with it. Yeah, so let's head on to what everybody's talking about, right, the Saquon Barkley news. So when Barkley went down, I asked for some video of it. Somebody was able to tweet me a video of it. And it was a classic, what you'd call the classic mechanism of injury, where his foot was planted, his knee was bent, the defender forced him sort of down, like through the ground, and his foot sort of was turned outside. And when that happens, you hurt, that's when you have to tell you get high ankle sprains. So then the question is, what's, what is a high ankle sprain? Everybody says like, oh, high ankle sprain, high ankle sprain. What does that mean? So I talked about him a little before. You have your tibia, which is your shin bone, 
and your fibula, the little bone on the side, on the outside of your leg. And those two are held together by a lot of ligaments, essentially. And those ligaments that are sort of at the top of your ankle and in between the two bones at the bottom of your, uh, like bottom of your lower leg. So anytime that you have that mechanism of injury where they're forced downward and sort of rotate, the foot rotates outward, you mess up those ligaments. You have structural damage to those ligaments. And that's when you get a high ankle sprain. So essentially your two bones splay apart and it stresses those ligaments and, and causes damage, which is why it's so painful because, I mean, your bones are not supposed to splay out that way. <laughs> so when that happens, you know, you have issues. So the, the thing about high ankle sprains is that they're a minimum, like stone bare minimum three weeks to get better. But the reports are that the Giants said that they're expecting longer than that, which in my head, I'm thinking to myself, that means that it's at least a grade two. There are three grades. You have grade one, grade two, grade three. And so I'm thinking it, in my head, it'll, it's an, at least a grade two. And that's going to be anywhere from like five to six weeks, potentially seven weeks. So, you know, it's it's going to be a rough one. Yeah. And, you know, if you had Saquon Barkley with your first overall pick, you guys are really hurting right now, unfortunately. And we'll talk more about his replacement later, but I mean, if he's out for at least six weeks, and now that's week eight, he's probably going to be out probably until their bye week. I believe their bye week's probably week eleven at this point, so he could be out until there if it's if it's really that serious, as Edwin had explained. So this might be the time where if you really need a a, a big player right now, maybe this is where you trade Barkley. If you're like in a in a hole, if you're okay at the running back position, you can you know do without him for you know possibly eight weeks. Then just keep him on your IR spot if you have one. But you know Barkley going down first overall pick, it's it's never a great day, unfortunately. Yeah, I have to sell my Barkley share. I'm out. Tyreek Barkley. The injuries just keep piling on my team. That's brutal, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm gotta either hold down the fort or sell some shares, but. Hey, uh, You're basically uh, playing DFS every week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get my contrary plays in. Yeah. All right, well, Edwin, we'll let you get into the next injuries, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs with LaShawn McCoy and uh, Damian Williams, both uh, banged up. One didn't play this weekend, and one left the game a little early due to injury. So why don't you get into that and how how those in- injuries are? Yeah, so let's start with, uh, let's start with Damian Williams. So... Uh, there were a few people that were on the internet, internet land, um, always a lovely place. Uh, they were talking about the bone bruise because, and I understand to a certain extent when you hear bruise, you just think like, Oh, it's a bruise. Like it hurts, but it's going to be fine. When you have a bone bruise though, which I think is what was actually going on with Damian Williams, uh, it's, it's, it hurts. I mean, that's, there's no other way to put it. It's where the top layer of your bone, which is like a very thin sort of, you can almost think of it as like a saran wrap layer. In between that layer and the actual hard bone, you get inflammation and edema, and it causes stiffness and pain, and it's just really difficult. to. It's not just like a regular bruise. It's difficult to play through, and a lot of times this can cause guys to miss two or three games at a time. Even more than that, last year, I, I have to fact check myself, but I think last year it was Devonta Freeman who was out for, gosh, wasn't it? It was like three or four weeks, wasn't it? I don't remember what it was, but that was one of his injuries. Like I said, I'll have to go back and fact check myself, but... They're serious, and so I wouldn't be surprised if he's out this week again. He could be back, and if he is back, then that means it wasn't as you know it wasn't as severe in terms of a grade uh, as it seems, and he shouldn't be limited necessarily. 
but if he's, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out again. So then that leads us to LaShawn McCoy and what happened to LaShawn McCoy. I understand if you were upset with me because I was really banging the drum on not playing LaShawn McCoy because even though his MRI came back, quote, clean last week, you know, we I've talked about it over and over again how an MRI doesn't always mean that a player is, you know, not in pain because that's just what the, the medical literature, the science tells us is, you know, you can have a clean report, have no pain or have a lot of pain and you can have a really ugly looking MRI or X-ray and have, you know, no pain at all. And that's exactly what happened with Shady McCoy because he had the MRI, he came back clean last week, and then he tried to practice the very next day, and he couldn't practice because of the pain. And so then he finally practiced on Friday. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, I watched the video of his injury. I'm like, this dude has like probably like a low-grade high ankle sprain or at the very least some sort of ankle issue. And I, and I just wasn't comfortable playing him. And if you watched him, he would catch a pass, and he would be really, really choppy. He would, he would sort of try to – and it, it probably had a little bit to do with the field too. But he would catch a pass, and instead of cutting hard like you're used to him seeing him do, he would chop his feet, which is a sign of people who are trying to distribute that force through both feet as opposed to you know making a hard jump cut. And then, of course, he falls into the end zone. <laughs> then, of course, he like catches however many you know balls out of the backfield. People are like – know sending me hate mail that i told him not to play him but then he got rolled out in the fourth. that makes me nervous and we'll have to watch his practice participation but especially since he was ruled out in the fourth quarter i expect a similar i'll have a similar projection for shady essentially is, is the point of what i'm saying you know last week i wasn't confident in him and since he was ruled out you know this week if he has the same pattern uh, if he's i mean if he's ruled in i'm sorry uh if he has the same pattern of practice, then I'm not going to have any more confidence than I did last week. Yeah, I mean, him playing this week was definitely a bit of a surprise in general coming into Sunday morning. I, I luckily enough, picked up my Daryl uh, Williams, and he performed well still as a starter, in quotes. <laughs> you know, if, if both of these guys are out, or if maybe one of them's out, Daryl Williams is definitely someone who we'll talk about a little bit later, who, you know, performed very well in this last game, and I think he could perform well again giving the opportunity because he's not a bad running back. He just, just behind McCoy and Damian Williams, unfortunately, they, those, those are the, the 1A and 1B starters. So, uh, no, that was a you really... You know what I noticed about him, yeah. Daryl Williams? He, like, he runs... I mean, he's... I don't know. I'm not, I don't disagree necessarily that he's not bad, but he... It's like you can tell the difference between him and Shady. And even him and, like, uh, what's his name? Thompson. Mm-hmm. Thompson. He like runs really straight up, and he looks just less. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. He just looks less athletic to me than those guys. He's definitely like the least, the least talented on the team. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's definitely the least talented oh, on the sure. team. But uh, Darwin Thompson really didn't get too too involved, unfortunately. So it's it's experience or no knowledge of the playbook is the Andy Reid keeps on the field, and you, you could see with Daryl Williams, even though. He, not the most talented guy out there, you know, he's going to get the opportunity. It looks like if one of these running backs are down. Well, the thing is, too, it's pass protection. That's what Darwin Thompson doesn't really excel in. He has to work on that. That's what Andrew Reid stated in the preseason. And he does give him a vote of confidence, but you saw how well or how much they used Daryl Williams. So that kind of pivots to probably why he was on the field more than Darwin Thompson. Definitely a great point. Uh, Edwin, did you have anyone else? And just in general, you might want to... Yeah, I have a few other guys actually this time around. So I thought it was interesting. It kind of got lost in the 
kind of got lost in the shuffle that Ben Roethlisberger is not having surgery. And the first thing that came to my mind was, well, did we just assume that he was going to have surgery? Like, I don't really know. I'd have to go back and see what the reports are because I think it was just assumed or I I don't know if the team even put it out that he was going to have surgery, but apparently he's not going to have reconstruction on that ulnar collateral ligament, which means, which is always good news. I mean, every, you know, as a human, you just want to avoid having surgery of any kind. And, you know, that also means that the, the, the disruption, the tear wasn't as bad as they thought it was, which is always the case. So that's something to keep an eye out for. That doesn't mean he's coming back this year or anything like that. It just means that he might, you know, it, it might provide a little more clarity that he, he will be ready for week one because before, if he was going to have surgery, it was, you know, that was going to be in some serious jeopardy for him to be ready for week one. But I, I think that with conservative management, he'll, he will be ready by August potentially. So that's something to keep an eye on. No, definitely. It's definitely for those out there who want to draft Big Ben next year to keep your eye on for sure because, you know, that kind of the, those injuries could could linger. So. Or if you want to make a roster crunch in Dynasty or something like that, you know, you could be optimistic he is going to be back for one more year or multiple years potentially. Yeah, Do you guys know he's 38? Yeah, he's yeah, old. He's old. He's old. He's I did old. not know he was that old. He was old. Him and him, Eli and Rivers, all they're all up there in that 38 to 37 range. Rivers is going to be a grandpa at some point soon, right? He's got like 700 kids. Yeah, he really does. It's got to be. He's got to be <laughs> he's a grandpa. <laughs> Someone's got to be 18 almost at this point. <laughs> uh, but uh. Edwin, if you, did, if, you had any, if you had anyone else, go for it. If not, uh, you're more than welcome to hang around on the show. We're just going to do a quick waiver thing and do some uh, keep trade cuts if you wanted to stay on. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Uh, so we'll go right into I'll just shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> you can chime in at any time. So we'll start with the waiver wires. Jibs, I'll let you go first. Who's your number one waiver wire? Waiver wire. I have the same people, but yeah, it's I, definitely. I pick a little difference. Come on. Eh, mine will have to be Daryl Williams. That's your number one? Yep. Just because he's on the Kansas City offense, you, we kind of have pretty non-optimistic views on the other two starters in Kansas City. So he's going to get production. He has a good opportunity to get the touchdown if need be, if the situation is right. He had 13.4 fantasy points last week on limited base and 62 yards rushing he had even threw on five catches for 47 yards so he has utility purpose and he is my number one waiver for the week well we'll see we didn't have the same one mine was philip Dorsett. oh yeah oh he's on my list too <laughs> he's my number one waiver pickup guys philip Dorsett has done two great games and two of the three weeks and the one week is because antonio brown happened to be on the team for a week unfortunately he, he seems to become more of that veteran type of player on the team where he knows the playbook. Tom Brady can trust him enough to get him the ball. He Tom Brady can support three wide receivers in this in this team, and it shows it with Philip Brissett. Julian Edelman got a little banged up over the weekend. Um, actually, Edwin, did any you think Julian Edelman has any issues playing this weekend? That's a good question. Um, so, again, with the imaging reports and stuff like that, x-rays, MRIs, his came back clean, quote-unquote. I always put that in quotations. But the dude didn't finish the game, right? Or am I wrong? He didn't, didn't finish the game? He didn't finish the game, no. Nope. Okay. So that means he was in some significant pain. Uh, if he went out and he got x-rays and they were negative, but he didn't finish the game, that means that he was definitely... I mean, then again, they played, you know, 
They were up a lot, yeah. They were up a lot. (laughs) Yes. So, (laughs) you know, take that for what it's worth, I guess, when it's that bad. But, I mean, at the same time, uh, you have to remember that they, so this is the first week without AB. This was their first, or this was a week where they didn't have one of their tight ends, right? Um, I'm forgetting his name. It's slipping my mind. Holster or Holster? Don't they have another, they have another blocking tight end. Not LaClosse, no. Yeah, so it wasn't, I think, well, I don't know, LaCoste might have been out the whole time. I don't know. Essentially, what I saw is that their injury report is they literally had, like, four or five pass catchers available on Sunday, just, at, like, at all, which is crazy. Like, tight ends, wide receivers, uh, they had, like, four or five dudes. And so you would think that even in that situation, if he could go, they would put him back out there, you know, because uh, that would have automatically made Philip Dorsett their number two, which is, like, sort of crazy to think about. Uh, with, Julie, with Julian Edelman out. So back to the injury, though, you know, it's going to be pain control. It's going to be how how does he progress through the week? Is he in a limited practice? You know, is he full participant? And the thing about ribs is that that's the thing with ribs is that that's the only, it's a self-limiting issue. You know, is it, if it hurts, you know, and it hurts to breathe and it hurts to eat, it hurts to swallow, like, you know, let alone go out on a football field and play wide receiver in the NFL. That's the tough thing about ribs. So you'll just have to watch to see if he's practicing by Thursday, then he's probably good to go. Uh, but if he's not, then I'd start to sort of look around and see what your options are. And Philip Dorsett could be one of those for you guys this week if you need wide receiver help. So, Jibs, what's your next take? Uh, next receiver, actually, next waiver. <laughs> it is a receiver, actually, and his name is Nicole Hartman. I checked Yahoo League's availability. He's sitting at a whopping 49%. As you as you said earlier, you want a piece of the KC offense. The receivers are all playing great. They all could score the touchdown. They all could get the yardage. So he had a decent output, 17.4 fantasy points. He had a touchdown, 96 yards, I believe, receiving. So you get that piece of the KC offense, it'll pay off down the road. No, that's a great one. Uh, my next one is DJ Chark, J- Jags. <laughs> Jags wide receiver is probably one of yours too. Come on. Yep. I thought my, he might be a, a two-week wonder kind of guy, not performing well. They played a pretty tough defense in Tennessee and still played very well. Him and Menshaw seem to have some kind of connection together, which is nice. Granny's he's not going to get a touchdown every week because he has scored three touchdowns in three straight weeks, but it seems like he is going to be the number one receiver on this offense and – you definitely want a piece of that. And this Jags offense passing game isn't looked that bad, to be honest. They're worth picking up at this point. He's available in many leagues still. And 41%. 41%. And so if you need a wide receiver, he definitely is top of my list almost. I'll let you go next there, Jibs. Is my next one's going to be Philip Dorsett. So I'm just going to like brush by the point real fast. Just going to let other fancy owners know that AB's gone, guys. That means someone has to play the second wide receiver in the two wide receiver sets. You know, Edelman's particularly in the slot role. He could play outside as well. So you could just snag or put, put Philip Dorsett right there. Like you said, he's a veteran receiver. Tom Brady trusts him enough to throw him the ball. So he's playing on the Patriots. You see what they've done the first three weeks, just blowing people out. They scored 80-plus points. There's, there's no more to say. Yeah, No, that's perfect. Uh, I'll go into right to my my next one. Yeah, it's my turn again. Uh, my next one, 
Unfortunately, I don't want to do it, but when you have a starting running back, you got to go for Wayne Gallman. He is Saquon Barkley's backup. Guys, if you if you need a running back badly, go get him, but don't overspend on him just because he's never been able to really perform in his time frame as a running back. Back in 2017, he was kind of the co-starter back then, and he didn't really perform too well. If you need a running back badly, go get him. He's definitely the number one guy out there. He's probably owned in basically 0% of leagues, really. I'm not high on him. If you don't need a running back, don't get him, guys. He just he just isn't that good. But if you're in desperate need of running back, he's definitely someone you want to go take. He's going to have a starting job for now, at least. It could change before the midweek is over, so definitely keep your eye on that in case they bring someone else in. But he, he just isn't that great of a running back, but he is the backup and... He performed okay in 2017. He had a 4.3 yards per carry on 111 carries. So he does provide some kind of passing ability game, but with a rookie quarterback, you don't know how much of that's going to happen. So he's definitely the number one running back right now that's out there. Can I give a hot take? Sure. sure. Is that allowed? Sure. Hot take. Giants pick up Melvin Gordon, hold him until Saquon is better, and then trade him to, hmm, how can I finish his parlay? Hot take. And then trade him to the Bears. Bears, wow, that's an interesting case. As long as they trade <laughs> him before week twelve. As long as they trade him hey, before I told, week twelve. I, I right? told you week one that Trubisky's uh, Bortles Bortles lied, didn't I? You did, yes, I remember week that. Three. Yes, that was your well, that was one of your hot takes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dog poo on Monday Night Football. I did say Saquon was going to have a bad season. That was one of my what? bold prediction. Yeah, he gets way too much volume now. But he's got to finish at least like five. Saquon. Mm-hmm. He's out for the next. Think, well, I mean, now. Oh, I get what you're. Oh, wow. I made that. I made that prediction, and he wasn't gonna finish. He's gonna finish outside the top ten. Dude. Technically, he will at this point. <sighs> looking good. That is looking good for you. Very good, uh, Jeffrey Show. Uh, so, Jibs, you're up. Who's your next guy? It's Wayne Gallman. So we don't need the footer of the valley weight. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. Also, let's let you finish your last. Is that the last one? Yeah, your last my one. La- my last one is DJ Shark. So. Oh God. <laughs> but so. I could just, like, throw some extra ones in there. If you're playing in two quarterback leagues or you've been decimated by QB injuries the last couple weeks, you can look at Daniel Jones. I wouldn't be surprised. He is a – I would say he's pretty much, like, in that Stafford range. Just so ugly people you don't want to, like, really plug in your lineup. But just take a look at him. Okay. That's not too bad. Uh, I still have two more. So (laughs) Uh, my my next one is Rex Burkhead. He's been performing very well this season. Um, he happened to have a great week last week because James White is also out. But he, before that, he was still playing very well. He's definitely involved in this offense. And with Sony's inefficiency, they might give Rex Burkhead the ball more more often than not. And they're going to be ahead for most times, so he's going to end up running the ball. So if, if you need a, if you need a depth at running back, he's definitely a great great person. He just just note that he might not fall out of rotation, but have an off week here and there because. Maybe Sony picks it up or James White goes off. So he's definitely got risk, but he's definitely worth the pickup right now at this point. And then my last one is uh, Deontay Johnson, rookie receiver from the Steelers. He's started the rest of the season now from what everyone is saying. He said it. The team is saying it. They're going with the youth movement. He He had six targets. He had caught four of them. He had a touchdown this week. He could be someone who steps up. We thought it might be James Washington, but maybe it's this guy. And... I I would pick him up now just in case to see what happens and see where the train leads. If you if you're in need of running back or if you just need a 
need a high guy with high upside, he could be someone who has that high upside going into the rest of the season. You guess what? I picked him up last week, so I don't have to fight for him this week. I picked him up too in my sixteen man league. Nice. Very picked nice. up. Nice. Yes. yes. Savvy. Let me add let me add two more. Go ahead. Jamal Williams, as you noted, he played pretty much even snaps to Aaron Jones, so you want to get a piece of that offense. Yeah. And then if you're hurting in tight end land, Russell Wilson is throwing the ball, guys, so get yourself some Will Disley. Absolutely. Uh, I'll give you two, three quick more. I'm not going to to talk too much. Two suspended players are coming back real soon. Chris Herndon, tight end for the Jets, even though you don't want a Jets player right now. But they're on a bye, so this might be the time you could get him if he's still out there. Golden Tate comes back into week five. He's someone you might want to pick up soon. And Jeff Wilson, uh, third, third or fourth running back on the San Francisco team. Yes, he's the fourth or third running back, but this man has 14 red zone targets right now this season in three weeks. Like that's insane amount of amount of red zone targets so far. So if you're in desperate need of a running back, he could be someone you could pick up, and he could be one of those tight touchdown depending guys. So and he's on a buy, so you might be able to actually get him without having to worry about waivers and bidding high on him. So are the uh, 49ers? You just said they're they're on a buy, right? This week they're week on four. a buy. Yeah, that's so early. That's yeah. weird. Do they always start week four? Uh, I think yeah. so, yeah. Week four to week 12 this year. It's, they really ah, spread them out. Them the Jets. Jets are also on the bye, yeah. Well, what I was about to say was that uh, Tevin Coleman hurt his ankle week one. Might be back, right? So that would be, yeah, so week two, week three, they have a bye week four. I mean, the dude might be back. Jeff Wilson might be back on the practice squad by then. Team. So if I, well, the only thing I would add is I don't think that's, a, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's a good idea. But if you're like, if you have a, a budget, free agent budget, I wouldn't like blow too much. Yeah, no, no. Super because he's on a buy, you could get him really cheap. You might have get him for zero. And if if you have the right, if you need it, a depth somewhere in RB, he's he, he's getting the red zone target. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but we'll go into our last section of the time. And Edwin, you can kind of jump in on this one too. All I'm going to ask you guys is cut, keep, or trade this player. And you don't have to explain. Just give me whatever one you think it is. So we'll start with Geronimo Allison. Go ahead, guys. Cut. Cut. I'm tired of his ass. Cutting him, too. Kenyon Kenyon Drake? Keep. Uh, Yeah, I'd have to hold him. If you have him, you have to hold him. Yeah, I'm holding him, You can get traded to somebody. I don't know. Someone. The Buzzer Bears, we're going to say. Yeah, he can be traded to the Bucks, and then all of a sudden he's relevant. You have to hold him. Sony Michelle. Trade. I'm trading him. Uh, do I have to give an answer? <laughs> you have to. Give I'll say. Uh, do, you, do, I'll, do you own I'll him? Say, I don't. I do in one league. <laughs> I'd have to say. I'll have. To, I guess I have to say, cut him or trade him. Okay. You got to do something with him. But yeah. You have to wait until he has another big game. Now. Yeah. Duke Johnson. Oh, wow. I'm he holding like for another cut week. For me, but I want to keep him though. I'm holding him for at least one more week. If it's a standard garbage. Yeah, but Hyde's getting the carries. Hyde's getting the carries. Both of them, both of them suck. I, I mean, I just think even if he does get hurt, that Duke Johnson still won't get all the carries. Yeah, no yeah that's fair. That's fair. That's true. Saquon Barkley. Trade. Trade if you can, I guess. Right. Fire sale for me. It depends on your situation. Yeah, though, that one's a situation. The thing. dude in my yeah, I was gonna say the dude in my twelve man league. He's not. His roster is not bad. He's got uh, carry on. He's got Wentz. He's got Brandon Cooks. He's got Mark Andrews. 
if I'm that guy, I'm just holding on to him. Yeah. So it depends on your situation. Next two are yeah. quarterbacks. Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Hasn't performed that well up to now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to him. Not going to cut him, but you're going to trade him? You're going to keep him? you got to trade him. I, he's 35. He's got an extensive injury history. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not blasphemous to say that we're starting to see the downtrend. I mean, the dude was incredible. He's been incredible for his entire career, but mm-hmm. he's literally 35. Like, yeah. come on. Like, we're, not everybody can be Tom Brady. You know what I mean? It's not It's not unreasonable to think that we're starting to see the down the decline of Eric Rodgers. No, absolutely. Jared and Goff. that offense sucks. No. <laughs> oh, let me make a Sorry. point on that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said yesterday that four targets isn't enough for Devonta Adams. Love and it. Jimmy Graham needs a ball, too. Love and to then the coach that. says that's on him, so... That's all. I'm, I'm keeping him keeping some heat, Rod. I think he's uh, gonna light a fire under the coach. I will fire. say, hold on, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. One more thing, and then I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> and uh, Devonte Adams said on Saturday, his wife had a kid. He came back and played on Sunday, and then he said in an interview, "I have a whole new reason to play football." Ooh, love so, that. Ooh, love that. Love that. Yeah, loving it. Well, uh, Jarrett Golf. Golf. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm holding on to him too if I have to, but I don't like it. Uh, Stefan Diggs. Oh, you're hitting me in the heart with this one. Trying to trade him if I can. Trying to trade him if I can. I'm moving him. Yeah. Even though you just get a bag of Skittles for him. Whatever. Better than on my bench. Uh, John Ross. I'm holding on to him for right now. Actually, no, I'm trading him. Trading him. Hopefully, AJ Green's coming back soon. AJ Green will be back eventually. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. But, like, you got to, if he gets one more big game, you have to sell John Ross. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I'll give you that. Jarvis Landry. Four more after this. But I don't want to see him even cut by now. Yeah. I'm cutting if I can. I don't really need him. Uh, next two, I'll combine them. Jameson Crowder and Robbie Anderson. Cut Crowder, hold Anderson. I like that. I agree. Hopefully Sam Darnold comes back after week five, maybe with this mono situation. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think he'll be back soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so that's the first part. Is So he's basically, like, not in terms of time, but in terms of just, like, analyzing he's 50 percent there if he feels good he doesn't have like the fever chills anything like that that's yeah. good that's 50 percent. the next part is his his uh spleen needs to not be inflamed yeah. yeah it needs to come down which i saw today that it they they scanned him today or something that's good I, honestly that's a little bit out of my wheelhouse so i don't even know how they look at that <laughs> that's more like a medical doctor yeah. but yeah that i think everything's on track so not nah, worried. Yeah, I heard him on a talk show. Who was um, a talk show today? Yeah. So, yeah. well, we'll seem encouraging though. Yeah, absolutely. We'll go to our last two: Jarrett Cook and T.J. Hawkinson. I'm doing a cut hold. Hold Hawkinson. Hold Hawkinson. Oh, I heard T.J. Hawkinson. So, <laughs> and you cut Cook. Yeah. But you can also keep Hawkinson. Well, it's down. encouraging to see like he's getting looks, but there's not panning out and penalties and all that good buzz. Absolutely. Well. That is the end of our show today, guys. Uh, Edwin, we appreciate you coming on, talking injuries with us, and sticking around for the rest of the show. Just let the viewers know again where they can find you. Yeah, at Doc on Twitter. Absolutely. And you can follow our uh, our podcast uh, Twitter page at Coach's Fantasy. You can follow me at Coach Stephen P. Jibs, let the viewers know where they can find you. Hot Take Concho. Hot Take Concho. And then please take a, check a look at our website, www.thefantasycoaches.com. We have everything up there. Our podcasts are up there. Articles, rankings. We have our live streams up up there now as well. Little takes that you can listen to throughout the week and on the weekend. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening tonight and have a great one.